Hello and welcome to episode eight of The Dog Days, where in this episode we meet the wonderful Katie Bateman, um, yoga specialist, meditation guru, um, and we cover quite a few things. One one thing as well to listen out for, I think middle of middle way through this one, we do our very own breathing exercise with Katie, uh, and also look forward to some chanting too. Enjoy. This is The Dog Days with Ollie Scott, Junior Eldstar and Ian McKenzie. Um. Hello, 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 and welcome. Did you try and go for longer? Um. <laughs> hello, welcome to episode eight of the Dog Days, um, where we are joined by Katie Bateman, um, the wonderful Woo! Katie Bateman. Before I get on, I bet we better do apologies. Um, Ian, sorry for being late, mate. I really didn't mean to do that. It's not being late. You didn't pick me up from the station. Okay. There was no being late about <laughs> it. What would you do if I told you I just didn't want you here today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm indispensable. It's very true. Um, and Pooch, hello. How are you feeling, mate? Good, mate. I've actually yeah. woke up with gratitude today. So thanks, guys, for being here. What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Just because Katie's here it doesn't mean you've got yeah. to say that. Like, oh. No, I actually woke up this morning being like, I'm thankful for my dog. I'm thankful for my What dog do you have? What dog German Shepherd. Not only is he called Pooch and on the dog days, but you're grateful for having a dog. Brilliant. <laughs> I love that. You're living the, living the values. Um, and that, that voice, if you heard it again prematurely without an introduction, sorry, sorry that was my fault, um, is the wonderful Katie Bateman, who is my delightful yoga teacher who has transformed my life for the good. Um, or at least I think I have anyway. On Wednesday evenings from five to seven, you transform my life for the good. Um, and, what's, and the re- and what's Ollie like doing yoga? Oh, for fuck's He's sake. very peaceful. Thank you. There we are. Brilliant. So shit. <laughs> he stumbles over and he falls on top of people and he's actually doing his last class tonight. You, you smile a lot, which is really Do nice. I? Yeah. Sorry about that. That's no, no, it's good. No, it's good. It's good not to take it too seriously. Just this Cheshire cat in the background like, waving. So you're um, in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, the, the purpose behind getting Katie on today, not only is she brilliant, and I, and I would implore any of you to go to her class, um, she's helped me, I, I guess, overcome quite a lot of stress and anxiety, especially in the last six months of doing my own thing. And I, I think um, if we can learn anything from you today, it will be how to still the mind and also um, the benefits of something like yoga and meditation. And even, as we were discussing just now, sound healing, if I get that right. Um, so I guess without further ado, thank you um, for joining us on the show today. Namaste. Welcome to the dog day. Namaste. 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 And, and let's kick it off by starting, um, I guess, where it all began with you. You haven't got to go back to birth. Um, if you don't want to, we can just go back to wherever it started from a yoga perspective. But yeah, where, where did it all start? Um, so I started practicing yoga when I was living in Hong Kong. Um, so I worked out in Hong Kong when I had just graduated from uni. And um, it was a really, really, like an amazing time. But Hong Kong's an extremely busy city. Mm. Um, and I had, while it was a really fun job, it was quite full on as what, well. What were you doing out there? Um, so I worked for an amazing um, company called Dramatic English, where I was basically, um, uh well, I was teaching English through drama. So we'd come into school settings where usually in classes, kids are kind of sat down and barked at through a microphone. <laughs> and so we'd come in with our jazz hands and move all the tables out the way. And <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, 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 like Mr. G. Basically oh, yeah. like Mr. G, yeah. From Summer High's High. That's it, yeah. Can you do a song? Can you sort of take me through <laughs> Summer oh, High's High? Summer High's High, the yeah. Jonah, yeah, yeah, Jonah yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. She's a bad slut with a 
Bad habit. Okay, bad habit for drugs. <laughs> Fuck you, miss. No, yeah, exactly. But yeah. not that one. He's like the, the slutty dancer. Okay. So, Katie, you were the slutty dancer. Brilliant. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jesus. No, I was more like the there's the drama teacher. Oh, yes, that one. Okay, not the <laughs> jazz, jazz, jazz hands. Jazz, yeah, Mr. So was, G. Yeah, so, obviously, like China and Hong Kong, they're very one dimensional in teaching, right? So, I'm yeah. guessing that you came in. So, we come in, move all the tables out of the way, yeah. and play games, and get people to engage with learning English in a, in a different kind of way. So Amazing. learning through play, basically. How did the students engage with you? Um, <laughs> some <laughs> of them really enjoyed it. Some of them were like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Um, which you, is can fair. Can you just quickly give us an example? I just want to imagine what this looks like. Can you give me like an example of learning a, a song through English? A song? Well, like, or uh, English uh, through um, English. So, yeah. well, so, so, learning English through drama. Sorry, through yeah. drama. That's so the I might, like, I might give you guys a picture and then you would, in a three, go, okay, I want to, um, I'd say, make a story up about this picture. And because I'm English and I can't speak Cantonese, you yeah. have to try and tell me through English what your story is. So the hope is that they're so excited that they want to tell the story that they've made up right. and be in their own character and speak in a way that's authentic to them, oh. that they want to speak English rather than it being kind of like a dictated thing. Right. Wow. Yeah. I see. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so nice. it was loads of fun. Um, yeah, loads and loads of fun. But it was a very... Yeah, Hong Kong. You've said you've been to Hong Kong before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've only been there for like a few days. Oh, um, it's amazing. I loved it compared to China. I hated China. China's China's so busy. Yeah, <laughs> I hated China. Like they get, Mate, they gave... Well, they said it was chicken. We had chicken for lunch. And it was dog made. Oh, God. No more you were grateful for this morning as well. well I can't you imagine going, you're too yeah. happy that morning. Yeah, exactly. Woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, leading on from there, how did that then go into, into yoga? So, so yeah. So, I, um, I was very, very busy, feeling quite stressed out. And um, there was a, a big yoga studio, like a stone's throw away from my flat. So, I'd always liked the idea of yoga, but never actually done it. So... One day after I'd finished working, I was like, I'm just going to go to this hot yoga class. I'm just going to rock up. So I turned up in these skinny jeans and um, like a shirt and joined in this class, a 90-minute hot yoga in class in skinny wow. jeans. <laughs> I was like, what is this hell? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I felt like my legs were in some kind of prison. But, um, yeah, so found that really, really hard and thought, okay, I'm going to go back and try it again not wearing skinny jeans and not wearing a shirt and actually having a change of clothes. So I'm not, I mean, you, I used to be able to wring my clothes out because I got so sweaty in those hot yoga wow. classes. Was it, was wow. it hotter so was, because of the temperature outside or because the room was actually heated? The, the, those rooms, some of the rooms were heated. Wow. And then the temperature outside is already I did it on Monday. Heated. I don't want to talk about it. It was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Well, hot yoga. Bit cram. Awful. I really like it. I did it the other day and thought it was Sorry, really good. Just on this. I, they were forcing my hip out and making me straighten my, lock my knee and push it. Being like, no, and they clap. Did you they clap on your one? Okay, possibly. Really tremendous push. Tremendous push. Uh, I don't push. think I did big. I don't then. think you did big. I did hot yoga. I don't know. If it's the same as what. What's the difference, that Katie? There's um, so there's loads and loads of different lineages of yoga. Yeah, so Bikram is one lineage of yoga. So you might have a hot vinyasa flow class. Is probably what you did, Ian. I think that's so. It's like vinyasa constantly nice. yeah. moving, but it's in a warm room. So yeah, yeah. When you're in a warm room, your muscles can open a different kind of way. But depending on what school of yoga or where your teachers learn you'll get a very different experience yeah. um in each class wow okay and bikram just generally speaking um is more it's it's quicker and it's more high intense um 
Uh, I wouldn't say it's quicker and more high intense. It's got a set sequence. So it's got the teachers who teach it. It's always going to be that same-ish mm, sequence. Okay. Um, and they, they often have a script that they stick to. Whereas like with a vinyasa flow class, the teachers probably create their own sequence. Um, yeah, so it'll be a, it would deviate a wee bit. Okay, yeah. interesting. Whereas Big Camera is straight to the point. Yeah, that's I'm what just... I found this year. I've had a few teachers, and but they all do Vinyasa flow, but they all do it in their own certain way. Yeah, and it's quite peaceful. It's like nice. To, yeah, every teacher's are different, aren't they? So yeah, and every yeah every it's kind of like every style of yoga is different, and then mm. each teacher brings their own vibe with it yeah. as well. So, so from yeah. hot yoga in your jeans, how did you oh, end yeah. up falling <laughs> yeah. in love with <laughs> the jeans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tried yeah. again, went back, and was like, oh, actually, this is much much easier this time. Um, and then just got really addicted to it. Um, How I many was... classes were you doing a week? <laughs> well, it, it got to a point where I was I was doing sometimes like, and you shouldn't, I wouldn't recommend doing this, but I was doing like four or five a day. What? Um, wow. Jesus. Where it was like this, if it was over the school holidays or I was, I was living with a guy that I was teaching with and was also part of our friendship group. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying that we spent too much time together and really pissed each other off <laughs> so I was like I'm not going back to my flat I'm going to yoga instead um can I ask so yeah. at this point in time where you, you it might be a bit personal but were you going through a lot of stress in being in Hong Kong or, um and were you trying to counteract that with yoga or is it just that you just really liked yoga I think in terms of yeah like the first year especially because I'd my now husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, but he was back in London still. And so it was moving, it was the first time I've ever done a really big trip and I'd moved by myself to this strange country and not everyone, not everyone could speak English. And I was yeah. trying to learn Cantonese and couldn't learn Cantonese because I just didn't pick up languages easily. And it's so busy. There's mm. people everywhere. So suddenly you've kind of gone from already like a fast pace of life in London, but it's like, super fast in in Hong Kong so Mm -hmm. yeah it was the kind of mix of transition and change and it was quite stressful so it it felt really nice to find this kind of bubble of stillness inside this really really busy rattling and in a very like vibrant city Mm. when did you realize you were going to be like you wanted to be a teacher and you wanted to teach yoga um so with the degree I did like before going to Hong Kong um it kind of it set us up for so all of the guys on our course set it up for us to be um, drama facilitators so we spent three years learning how to work with different community groups so I knew that I wanted to stay facilitating and and all that jazz so when I moved back to London I was like oh what can I do with this newfound love of yoga and still work with kids or still help people learn through play so I originally um, qualified as a kids yoga teacher so oh, we amazing. do lots of learning through like yeah similar kind of vibe of what I was doing in Hong Kong so we did storytelling mm. to get kids to try and really express themselves and be okay with moving their body and I know when I was much younger I was always the really crap one in PE I mm. couldn't catch I couldn't throw I couldn't run bad at it's like the opposite of you basically <laughs> all of you I'm sure I was the one who was picked yeah, last yeah, last for everything I can catch yeah. Yeah. I can't do the other stuff <laughs> Well, at least you could catch and throw. (laughs) So where do they teach? Where were you teaching uh, kids yoga? Um, All across Tower Hamlets. So it was really great. I was basically teaching in nurseries and then up to year six. Do you find... Okay, I want to ask about this because I I think between 
I don't know, maybe 12, actually when girls go through puberty, 15 or 14 or whatever to maybe 20. Right. <laughs> Is that when you go through, I don't know when you go through okay, Why don't girls and boys go through puberty? Well, I don't know, because well. girls go through quicker, don't they? So they're like, they're through it, right? <laughs> don't know the point is, that, right, the point is, I feel like you lose the ability to play and you lose the ability to have the freedom with your limbs and you kind of conform to this robotic style of moving. I certainly, if you, if you approach me when I was 16, put me in a boxing ring, I'm not looking out, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't if you made me go and do God. yoga, if I went and did yoga I'd be like oh no how does this appear I feel like I move my body too freely and, I, and this doesn't feel natural Do, I think it's brilliant that you're teaching children but is there like does it stop when you get to 10 or does it carry on going because I no I mean and there's actually like a, a bigger movement now I know a few of my really good friends work specifically with um, teens doing yoga right. um, to help that transition because it's a really really hard time um, your body is changing and suddenly like you're interested in the opposite sex and that you know you're hormonally yeah so there's there's um, a big movement to try and support young people going through Amazing. those changes mm-hmm. yeah and likewise it's great for I know when I was in the schools working with younger children for those kids who can't throw and can't catch it's mm. it's a non-competitive way of moving your body course, around yeah. and yeah, building you're in strength your own space, and you're in your own exactly and it's like you, you know you just do what you can do yeah, exactly. well you say that katie but i've gone to a lot of your classes and i see <coughs> there's you know perhaps a 40 year old lady that's far more flexible than i am i'd be lying if i said i didn't feel a little bit masculine at that <laughs> yeah. point how i'm like oh, why am i still in the fucking child's pose like, i think <laughs> in yoga it's the ones you don't expect always yeah. the ones that can do it right? there was a dude that turned up with a massive belly out and a, and a, a, a vest that said yoga on it <laughs> and i was like he's never he's not done a class you know, in i went to that retreat i went to that retreat yes. in thailand so there's a guy there called oh, i said we should go to fulham and meet him what's his name he's a musician oh yeah fat pete well, something like that. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Mate, he was a musician from like back in the day like he was like 60 plus massive belly proper geezer proper geezer he's like, mate, you all right. came to every class late just rocked up and we'd go <gasps> and then he would just get into splits put his leg up mate it was amazing mate I was like what where's this what, guy yeah, what from? have they got that we haven't got what are they doing years right? of practice yeah. and hours hours of well, yoga well the thing is you guys will have probably strength in a different way that people who are really flexible have, mm. you know we all have our own one per, what's that saying one person's molehill is another one's mountain but isn't so being flexible being strong no well, nah, no. Nah. I can put my leg over my head okay, yeah so can you <laughs> yeah I'll I wish this now. wasn't a podcast and it was a <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could see it, this yeah. I, afterwards we'll, we'll get you I got tight hamstrings at the moment but I will do it <laughs> and obviously like, <laughs> Have you actually? Yeah, but then I'm not good in yoga. I'm just because it's. It, I think it's like the way we've lived our lives. Well, we'll get onto it. I don't stretch before and after playing football, for example. So that's oh. why when I go into yoga, I just feel so much Sorry. tension everywhere. Mm. But I can still. I am. I think I would be flexible if I didn't have that tension. Yeah. It's interesting you say I'm not good at yoga, and that is like a lot of people's mindset mm. is I'm not good at yoga. But there is no being good at yoga because you're work. You can. You're your own worst critic when it comes to this kind of thing. So if if you're looking at somebody else, mm-hmm. they're working with a completely different body and they might have a ton of different injuries that you can't physically see, so they're going to modify in a different way. Or they might be hyperflexible and they need to work on their strengths. Or they might be really loose in their lower back, but their chest is completely like fucked kind of thing. So yeah. it's... It's, it's, you're only as good as you allow yourself to be. 
Um, but it is the mindset of most, I'd say, newer practitioners to yoga. They're like, I can't do it. I can't even cool. touch my... So many people, I can't even I touch, touch my toes. toes. Yeah, I can't exactly even touch my toes. And it's like, well, that's why you come to yoga. Yeah, of course. So, and I get that. Obviously, like, with being a teacher, I know a few teachers and stuff, did you with qualifications on how on being a yoga teacher did you have to go away and do your hours with someone yeah yeah so uh, my teacher is this amazing woman called Bridget Woods Kramer and I've been studying with her for about 10 years or so big up Bridget big up I love her she wouldn't have no idea what a a podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no idea. But, we'll get her um, to listen. Yeah. Is she like locked away in like the Himalayas somewhere? In, like, no, no. She she lives in Cornwall. Oh right, okay. <laughs> same thing. Yeah. But she she comes up to London. She sp- spares, spends her time between London and Cornwall. So I did my training out with her in Bali. Oh amazing! Wow. I know someone Where had to do it. Um, just outside Ubud. Okay. which was really lovely. And you have to do a certain amount of hours right before you become a teacher. Yeah, so there are different governing bodies and the big one's Yoga Alliance um, and the British Rule of Yoga, but you've got to do 200 hours and then you've got to keep topping up your training. Um, I mean, you don't have to, but <laughs> you'd want to, to yeah. but, and top who, up your training. who, like, makes regulates. sure, yeah, who regulates that you have your hours or do you keep it tracking like a little book? Um, so with, um, you, you you have like, you know, I was saying there's different schools of yoga. So like with Bridget, I've decided that I'm just going to keep my training with her. With her. So oh, okay. it's all registered with her. If somebody's doing the yoga people, then they will have a record of their hours. So you usually do 200 and then you'll go off and do another 300. So then you're advanced yoga teacher. Wow. And then you just, it's more like self-development really. You don't need to keep track of it, but so it's is, good. Is all, so what you're learning and you said you should constantly top up, Are you? is there research into the future of yoga and more progressive stances being generated or is it like going deeper into history of yoga? Is that, are you learning like forward or backwards does mm. that make sense like, I don't know yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of a bit of everything because Big Ram yeah. is forward in a way isn't it because that was a, dis- a recent discovery or is that old school no well, he's no. quite old school oh, okay yeah he's been going for I don't know I think maybe since the early 90s so you do Anisara 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 right? yeah. so that's your type of yoga so yeah so that's um, and that was discovered in 999 uh, that was, yeah. That's so that was recent, a, right? Yeah, very good. Oy, oy. John he, this Friends. is why he's asking these fucking questions. Yeah, he wants to pull out his <laughs> research. <laughs> he's looking at something he's Googled <laughs> last night. <laughs> his little notebook. Yeah, very well, good. I asked, it's good. It's, it's I good asked you done, to that. send your homework in last night. I was in know. bed, sorry. <laughs> so, Katie, it was, it, I, sorry, but I thought I'm of the opinion that a lot of yoga, when we speak about being of old, is more like pre-fucking Christ. Or like yeah, pre-fucking I mean, Christ. No one can really tell how old yoga is. There's... Okay. there's um, there's some uh, uh, research that was even showing that ancient G- Egyptians were practicing wow. a type of yoga, mm. um, but we tend to think of it as about two, sure. between two and five thousand years old. Yeah. Um, and then within that, within that time, there's um, been loads and loads of change. So the, when yoga first started, there was only one posture, and it was just a seated posture, so you could sit and meditate. Yeah, like that, like, like that, like on. My hands yeah. are in um, a circular okay position, facing, palms <laughs> facing the sky. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and then, you know, the ancient yogis were like, oh my God, it really hurts to sit for an hour and meditate like this. So why don't we move and nourish our bodies and get our bodies flexible so we can sit and meditate for a longer time. So the practice of Hatha yoga, which is the movement form of yoga, yeah. started. And then off of that, you've got like the faster paced yoga, you've got your vinyasa flows, you've got your hot yoga, you've got your alignment based yoga. And then there are other devotional practices of yoga through the time, through thousands of years that have been created. So you go off and learn different limbs of yoga. So each so. has like a different meaning. 
to to kind, like their philosophy is different to yeah kind yeah, of if you think yeah. of like yoga as a big tree mm. and then you have one branch that comes off of it and that's hatha yoga and that's the movement form yeah. and then off of each of those branches there's loads, of, there's loads different and that's what anusara is right so anusara is one of those um, little branches that comes off of it okay. um, and it's if you trace it back down to the roots of the tree the heritage comes from like tantra and Kashmir shaivism so tantric yeah <laughs> tantric yeah so okay. it's 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 got a bit of a Kama we 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 tend to think of one way of tantra in the yeah. west because it's fun, but um, tantra in, in like its most simplest form is really understanding and appreciating that our world is made of polarized quality. So there's always two sides to one coin, and we can't be just one or yeah. the other. Um, and it's enjoying that whole spectrum and understanding, you know, from an emotional point of view, for instance, we're going to be sad and depressed at some mm. point there's no way of getting away from that and people think of like oh yoga it's all happy clappy but it's, no. no it's understanding that you can have these darker points but understanding there is the other side and there's a whole spectrum of other sensations between them mm. and it all makes up the fabric of our Amazing. life how do you that's i just want to stay on that for a second because i think um i think some of the best conversations we have are around that vulnerability feeling how do you, as someone that is viewed upon from their classmates or whoever's in their class, what do you call them, people that are in your class? Students. Students, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they're always looking to you to be Mrs. Positive. And do you ever feel the weight of that? And, and how do you deal with that kind of weight of always being positive or at least um, expecting It's that? so funny. People always say, oh, you're so positive. I'm sure my husband would have a really different, <laughs> <laughs> different outlook on that. I think like when you're, a te when you're teaching or when I'm teaching, it's very much like I'm there to support other people. It's not about me. It's not about my day. Not and actually teaching helps me put myself into a place of meditation as well because yeah. I have to look around and see like what are you doing with your hands what's happening with your back mm. are people breathing what's happening next to my sequence oh my god I've forgotten it and you know it's it's you've got to be in the moment so teaching is is like a meditation for me so it and because I enjoy it so much mm. I think that's probably why people say I'm very positive because yeah. I'm having a really good time whilst I do it. it yeah I think yeah. you were already a teacher though weren't you you said you were like a Drama. Drama teacher. Do you think other yoga teachers, is it common for yoga teachers to have been teaching another discipline or in a completely different industry? Or do you um, think you're a rare case? No, I think there's quite, there are quite a lot of people who have com come from teaching backgrounds and it's great because it really helps. The confidence, um, right? Being yeah, in front of people. And yeah. You can really enjoy yoga, but it doesn't mean you're able to teach it. It's right, a very different kind of skill. Um I just want to go quickly back to the to that feeling. No, not tantric. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, we're fine with that. But actually, this, the discovery that we've made from tantric, which is less of an immature uh, discovery, and that is the understanding of polar opposites, whether yeah. it's feeling or emotions. Well, tantric's intrinsic goodness, isn't it? That's what it is. That's what I see. There we go. I, I only know that because my friend has studied trans, uh, tantric, and oh, he, he had tantric sex with his partner. Oh, okay. Right, so get the Well, I didn't know this, but you're not allowed to... Um, Ejaculate, yeah, and then you have inner orgasms. So wow. it's intrinsic goodness, and you go for like hours and I'm gonna, hours. I'm going to out you here. I know you're talking about yourself in this story because you told me about the story. We've moved back to sex somehow by mentioning not to talk about sex. But I wanted to ask the question: if there was anything, um, a listener or anybody that's either just started using yoga as a way to overcome anxiety and stress, are there any things that you can quickly go to? 
to to use or like a hack that somebody could be like, okay, I'm feeling really heightened anxiety. I want to use either meditation or yoga to try and get through this feeling. We've had a lot of people advise spending time with that feeling and understanding what it is and not trying to block it out because mm-hmm. whilst we're on the topic of opposites, people always think of flooding positivity with negativity and hoping that's going to eradicate it or neutralize the situation. Yeah. Is there anything that you would recommend doing from a yoga or breathing perspective that would help? Um, I'd, say, I'd always say that uh, you know, when you're in a state of anxiety, usually you and check it with yourself next time. If you're feeling anxious, your breath is very short and rapid. Mm. And that has a huge effect on our central nervous system. So it puts us into this place of kind of fight or flight. And this sends around the hormones that are related to this very primordial kind of um, reaction. So, you know, when we used to be in fight or flight, it used to be because there's a saber-toothed tiger in front of us Mm. and we would expend that energy by either fighting it or flying away and fleeing but what we've got at the moment in especially in like busy cities is that we are uh we're in this fight or flight mode because there's so much stimulus around Mm. us and we can feel really anxious a lot of the time because of this and because we've got no way of we're not fighting we're not flighting we're just carrying on being we're staying in that heightened sense of kind of shock. So if you slow down your breath, it slows down your central nervous system. And then this allows your body to send out the hormones that will kind of counteract oh, the, the stress levels. Mm. Um, so I'd say like, it's always really good just to notice how, how, how's my breath? Where's my mm. breath? And then try and slow every, slow the breath down as much as possible. Okay. And in terms of like understanding, um, you know, why am I feeling this way? Um, Again, with with Tantra, we kind of look at the world and realize that we are the center of it. So I might have, so 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 I, I know, I can speak it from it, from I've got this huge phobia of bees, like huge phobia. Yeah, like lawnmowers in the distance will set me off. Really? Freaks me out. The noise of it, looking at them, everything about it makes me feel like physically sick. And wasps, all, all okay, of them. I was going to say what all of them. wasps. Yeah, wasps Hornets, are the worst for me. God, don't even get me started. But like bees. Bees yeah. are nice. They make honey. But yeah, oh my yeah. God, thinking of them makes me want to retch a little bit. Wow. And, um, but I know I'm creating that. The bees haven't done anything to me. Mm. That's coming from within me. That is a story I'm telling myself. And I'm the only one that can stop myself feeling that way. Mm. They're going to carry on with their daily lives and mm. just be bees, <laughs> yeah. you know. So as soon as, you know, if, if you're in a, a, a state of like, I'm feeling really anxious, there's nobody who can take that away for you. So it's understanding I feel anxious. What are the things that I can do to stop making myself feel anxious? And sometimes, you know, if we feel we've broken up with someone and we feel really sad, and sometimes it's holding on to that sadness is that attachment to that person. Mm. And I know that I've made myself feel sad for mm. a long time because it's the one thing that I can hold on to. Like if, if somebody passes away, it's like, well, that's this feeling now is all I've got left of them. Mm. I don't want to let that go, but I'm making myself unhappy. So it's kind of understanding that everything comes from within. And part of our meditation practice in Tantra is trying to pull out different emotions and practice being certain kind of ways. Mm. I've, def- I've definitely found that benefit. And that's amazing, though. It's something highly um, spiritual about that that you can kind of apply to your life. I think, it, you know, it is still tough to kind of go in that heightened state of anxiety. You go, right, okay, God, my breathing. And you'll do maybe three or four breaths and then suddenly be back into, okay, I'm fine again. Mm-hmm. I, I, one biggest learn I had is just sticking with it and maybe, you know, spending, putting a timer on for 10 minutes and, and trying to breathe for that long. Mm. Um, 
or even you know going to a yoga class. I think that is that is amazing. The the difference that you feel before and after going into that class, and when you're really focused on your breath. I, I can't believe how simple it is. Well, I think as humans, I think we forget that we are energy, aren't we? Everything has energy mm-hmm. in the world. No, I'm just genuinely, you know. I've, I thought we were I've, water a minute ago. No, but we water Katie? Everything around us has energy, yeah. like spiritual energy. I'm, I'm quite spiritual. You know I'm spiritual myself anyways. Mm. Everything around us has spiritual, uh, is, I, I believe is spiritual, has spiritual energy. And I think as humans, because like you said earlier, we're quite robotic people. Mm. We forget to actually connect with. My friend, every morning, wakes up, takes his shoes off and just stands on in the garden bare feet oh, nice. and just connects with the earth and he just says he feels amazing just for connecting with the earth because he feels the energy from the earth into him and then he has a fucking good day wowzers okay yeah, yeah. alright nice I, okay without going too far afield is there anything that you do in the morning Katie when you wake up as in without, <laughs> without it's freezing them. it's fucking February right I don't, you want to go out and stand on the grass but is there anything that you do to make sure or, or to at least in, increase the chances of having a good day that's anxiety free do you know what it's you, you know, we were talking about your dog. I've got a dog, and I just sit and I pat her for about ten minutes straight. Okay. If, I, if I haven't got a dog, which I don't, I've got Morgan and Ali, but they don't really count as dogs. Um, my flatmates. All right. Um, sorry, but uh, I could try that if you want. I don't know how they're going to feel about that. Is there without a dog? What would you normally do? Are you, are you, or are you trying to illustrate the importance of simplicity? Yeah. With, yeah, because okay. you can easily wake up and be like, right, what am I doing today? We're so like. Go, 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 go. And just allowing yourself to wake up slowly and allow yourself to, whether it's um, like my husband will just make a cup of coffee and stand. we've got like a big road out the front of our house that we look down onto and it'll just people watch for about 10, 15 mm. minutes. Right. And just be still and just not do anything. You know? yeah. I'm so going to ask yeah. you in about a minute or so's time to do a first thing for the dog days, which is going to be a breathing exercise. Mm. Um, just so we can learn, because I think we talk a lot about things on this podcast and then we don't really give any clear examples sometimes. So I think it'd be really good mm-hmm. whenever you feel ready to Before take Before that, through. can we talk about the seven chakras? Yeah, we, yeah. so let's let's cover the seven chakras. Well, we've um, got a yoga teacher and I want to learn about seven no, chakras. Absolutely. Mate, don't get offensive. I'm just going to plant the seed of, uh, to the audience that in about five minutes' time or however long it takes to discuss the we're gonna chakras, um, we're going to do a breathing exercise that will okay. take between... What do we say? How many minutes? Let's do like two minutes. Two minutes of breathing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. So, Pooch, what are these chakras? Can you? What is a no, chakra? It's not, chakra? I want to ask him. Exactly. I want to ask about chakras. So, because obviously in yoga, you have, they you connect to each chakra is different vibration or mm-hmm. of your body. It means different, right? So you yeah. can store anger in one chakra and then. Yeah, so we have, um, you know, you're talking about us being energy, essentially. Mm. So we have this energy that runs through us. In yoga, we call it prana. And it's, um, if you think of your body and it almost has like a spiritual vein system. And then it's got like these main artery systems and they're called nadis. Um, And these three main ones kind of interweave each other. And where they interweave, that's where you get these big energy points and there's seven through the body and as you say they all relate to different um ways of being so whether i mean whether you believe that we're made of energy or not and Mm. that we've got these energy systems there are the chakras a really nice way to just relate back to yourself so like the root chakra is your sense of feeling grounded and connections to family and rooted so if you're imbalanced in this chakra it might mean that you're not feeling um you know, you feel a bit kind of airy, you feel a bit thrown around or you're not talking to your family and friends. Um, so you, you can, if you're meditating on that, say, you can then go, okay, so how am I feeling about this way of being? And what am I happy with? What am I not happy with? And then 
you're in choice, so you can change the way that you feel about things. Mm-hmm. So you've got like your root chakra, which is, um, yeah, the foundations, mm-hmm. family. Um, then you have uh, like your creative, sexual energy. You have your um, like self-confidence and way of being, love chakra, communication, and then wisdom and, and thoughts mm-hmm. and um, kind of bigger aspect on seeing the whole picture yeah. and the whole world. You know, we spoke to, me and you spoke to the guy on the phone. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Roger Pike. Roger, Roger Pike. Pike. Yeah, yeah. So Roger Pike's a holistic healer and um, he, me and Ollie both you, called him. Do you believe in holistic healing? Mm-hmm. So we yeah. both called him and he um, he was talking about my seven chakras and uh, he had he's talking about my heart wall. I had like a heart wall that I was wrapping loads of things around my wall because I wasn't curing it and stuff. But he was saying that anxiety and stuff was leading to my... Uh, throat chakra, mm-hmm. which is what? Which is, sorry. The throat chakra? Yeah, not the chakra, that's it. Yeah, what's that one called? Uh... Let's call it David for now, I think. <laughs> the Suda, I think. The Suda, okay. Yeah. yeah, and he just said, no, but he was just linking things in my life to my daily chakras, and I was, that's why it was just so interesting, because then you focus on that one point, right? And yeah, then you, and that's nice, because it's, it's like accessible that way, because some people, especially if it's like, when you first get into yoga and you're there just to move and just try and find like... Mm. I want my hamstrings to release. Mm. Going in heavy and being like, and now your heart chakra is <laughs> yeah, 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 It feels a bit funny, but if you're just asking it on a, on a this is your daily life kind yeah. of point of view, like, are you, are you able to speak to the people that you love? And yeah. if you're not speaking to them, it might mean that something's blocked here. Kind yeah, of, thing. of course. Yeah. yeah, you sometimes do a thing in the class where you um, speak about being thankful or, or you're like, okay, who, who in this class are you dedicating this class to? So at the beginning, we do that, right? And we're like, mm-hmm. okay... And that's actually a really nice feeling because you, you actually, th- you, you know, speaking of gratitude, you then suddenly, you do feel a lot more grateful for that person. I suddenly play thoughts of, the, some of the most random people I've dedicated my class to, my <laughs> business coach, if you're listening, Hass, I've, uh, I've had a class to you once. <laughs> um, just because I was, I, was, I was in a state of panic before that class started and we had a really uh, calming phone call before and I was like, yeah, him. I, you know, I've not done it to a dog because I haven't got one, but I'm sure if you were to nominate someone for your class, it will be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it would. Uh, have, have you got any more questions on chakra? Because I'd like no, to no, try. No, well, the reason I wanted to ask about chakra is because we're about to do breathing now, so okay. now I know what points I could focus on. Oh, okay, cool. This is what I mean. Yeah, so no, now, okay. when we go into breathing, we can focus on a different point. Yeah, yeah, nice. You is, is there a way we can link it so whilst we're doing it, our listeners can also do the exercise? Yeah, that's the, that's what we want, right, for the purpose. Okay. So I mean, Katie does lots of speaking um, through the through the things but without without further ado what do you want to do with your, your no Junior said to film it but I don't see how I can do it whilst filming it because I have my eyes closed <laughs> yeah yeah very good point so we're, we're not going to film it um, so, and also that's put even more pressure on you Katie but okay should we, should we close our eyes okay yeah well okay. get yourself into a comfortable seated okay. position and then just bring your hands onto your tummy so just below your, your belly button and then close your eyes and then Just breathing in through your nose, take a long inhale. And then just breathe out through your mouth. And then slowly again, take the breath in through your nose. Breathe all the way down towards your hands. And now breathe out slowly through your nose now. And notice as you breathe in and as you breathe out, does the breath feel quite forced? Can you allow it to be quite soft? And as you breathe in, it's this feeling of not just allowing the chest to lift, but can you send the breath all the way down towards your palms? And as you breathe towards your hands, allow your belly to swell a little bit. 
And then as you exhale, feel your belly button pull back and feel your lower belly lift up. So just staying with that feeling for a couple more breaths, breathing in and allowing the breath to draw all the way down towards your hands and really allow your tummy to swell. So this is an area we're often told to really pull in and keep solid all the time. So can you allow that area to soften and have this feeling of the breath not just swelling into the palms, but rooting down all the way towards your chair, towards your seat. And now notice here, as you're concentrating on the feeling of the breath drawing in and the feeling of the breath drawing out, what are the other strands of thought that are moving through your mind? So we often have hundreds of thoughts shifting through our mind at any given moment, but we don't always give ourselves the time just to sit and pick through each strand of thought. And you might even be thinking now, well, I'm not thinking of anything else. And that's the voice I want you to tune into. Keep the breath drawing all the way down towards the belly. And now allow the breath to draw all the way towards the lower lung. So feel your rib cage start to expand to the side. As you exhale, pull the belly button back. Feel the belly soften and feel your lower rib cage soften. Now again, come back to those different strands of thought. And to each one, just consider now, where does it belong? Is it a thought that is related to the past, something that you've already done? Or is it a thought that is preoccupied with something that might happen in the future? You keep breathing all the way down towards the hands on your tummy. Feel the lower rib cage expand. And now see if you can pull the breath up towards the armpit chest area. Exhale, lower belly pulls in, lower rib cage softens, the heart space starts to soften. And now coming back to those strands of thoughts, any thoughts that relate to the past, any thoughts that relate to the future, just allow yourself to bookshelf them. It's not that we're ignoring our thought patterns, but just shelve them for the next one minute and come back to being in the moment right now. So consider once again your breath. Let's bring one hand onto our heart. One hand on the belly, one hand on the heart. As you breathe in, allow your breath to drop all the way down towards the hand on your tummy and then feel the breath draw up towards the hand on the heart space. As you exhale slowly now, let the breath draw away, lower belly, lower rib, and then underneath the palm on your heart. Thinking of the breath rising and lifting and then descending and rooting down. Rib cage expanding to the back of the space, towards the sides, towards the front of you. And then exhale, drawing back in towards your body. And then finally, as you inhale, start to think the word so. And then exhale, hum. Inhale, so. And exhale, hum. And that meaning is, I am that. So how do you want to feel right now? And you put it into one word. 
Soham. And then whatever it is you want to be in practice of right now, what version of yourself? And how does it feel when you're being that way? And as you take an inhale, see if you can allow that feeling to start to grow in the pit of your stomach and pull up towards the hand on your heart. As you exhale, have the sensation that you can shift that sensation around your body. Inhale, let that feeling grow. And then exhale, allow it to ripple through your being. And then bring both hands back down towards your tummy. And slowly blink your eyes open. That was a great timing of the wow. lights. Yeah. The other lights just went off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Feels like I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I hope you guys enjoyed that as well as us. I really enjoyed that. Wow, thank you, Katie. That thank was you. Can we have a small, light, gentle round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> namaste, Brilliant. What, what just the yeah, namaste, namaste, namaste? Namaste. Respect your um your coach and people around you. That already I feel like crazily um relaxed. I hopefully, hopefully people that have listened have given that a go. If not, I, I definitely would uh, rewind and try that. Let me just get my brain back. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, something you uh, touched upon was being present in that, mm. I think. And uh, I was just going to ask, a link back to questions, do you feel that you live in the moment every day or are there times that you feel that you're... Oh, no way. <laughs> no. I, I wish I, in an ideal world, yeah, I'm like living every moment as it, as it arises, but um, realistically, no. No, I get anxious, I get angry, I worry. I mean, like, even just this podcast, didn't sleep at all last night. I was like, oh my God. Um, But but what yoga has helped me do is have the tools to go, okay, like, it's okay. And it's okay to be worried about this stuff. It Mm. doesn't matter. Um, You're only human. You're only human. (laughs) What would you describe the feeling of Zen? Like, people that do yoga, they want to get Zen, don't they? What is Zen? Zen, um, I mean, like, it's that feeling of being balanced. We just, when you practice yoga, you're looking to find balance, like balance in your body. So whether it's you're really flexible, you're really strong, and you want to find that balance between the two, balance within our breath, so we're not breathing shallowly up towards the top of our chest or just down to the belly, that sense of balance with the inhale and exhale. And then with that, hopefully the mind starts to stop chattering so much. You find this balance in your mind and it is that just taking every moment as it arises. Because yeah. um, a lot of people, don't they, when they're, when they're successful people, they always say, I found my zen. What's, what's that? That money. <laughs> balance. Yeah. Yeah. I found yeah. that, that's the Playboy that model and the <laughs> red car you're driving around. That, I, I, I think it's a good question as well because everyone yeah. speaks about it. I think you get a lot of people that pretend as well. It's like, yeah. I'm always in this moment of... What was the book you were telling me about? Oh, so yeah, I was going to um, actually... Pooch and I both read this, um, Ikigai. Um, it's, I, I really struggled to, to reiterate what it is again because I read it about a year ago. But um, the whole idea is that there's this, a town in Japan where they have a really, uh, well, the, the highest level of life expectancy. And it's based on the idea that they spend most of their life in flow. And flow is how they describe um, when you're doing a monotonous task, but you're feeling this flood of endorphins and connectivity to your purpose. And the, the, the Ikigai is based on a quadrant. I'm going to get this wrong, but the quadrant is something like, what do you love? What are you passionate about? Um, what do you get paid for? 
and then the fourth one I always forget. But essentially, that if you find yourself in the middle of doing that, what you love and what you're passionate about and what you're getting paid for, then you will increase your life expectancy because you're spending so much time that you, that you love doing what you love. And this so I'd town, say they've found their zen. Okay, they've got yeah, balance of everything, what, right? They yeah, get the balance in their, their own personal balance, yeah, it's different. So you're saying spending, spending as much time doing what you love, I know it's a very luxurious thing to say, but mm. spending as much time doing that and equally um, working out the things, I guess, that you do enjoy doing. Because, you know, you're speaking about successful people say getting in their zen. I might not want to be Tony Robbins or Gary Vaynerchuk mm. or fucking Joan Lumley. Uh, do you know what I mean? They're, they're going to have different things that inspire them and therefore connect them to their purpose. Is there, and this is a really a hard question to throw you the curveball, but is there anything you do or, or would recommend to people that they can do to quickly discover what, what they find uh, enlightens them or connects them to their purpose? Or is there anything that you did? Um, you... I'd say, so we talk about it in yoga as being like our dharma, our purpose, and, and it is finding that thing that you love doing. Um, and it doesn't need to be your job. It doesn't need to be... Um, you know what you get paid for I mean be nice yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I'd say we, we get really preoccupied on what we can do to make ourselves better mm. so I'd say think of what your strengths are so um, what do you enjoy doing what do you excel at and focus on those things mm. and put yourself in a position where you're, you can use those things to your advantage yeah. there's a really um, cool book called The Strength Finder and it's done it's this huge study by I think it's Gallup University and um, it's, it's a really cool book you um, you basically take a little quiz and they've done thousands and thousands and thousands of um, uh, what's the word like questionnaires and, yeah. and research into this and they pull out your top five strengths so I did that and so my first one was positivity and my second one was communication. My third was developing people. And my fourth was um, inclusion. And my fifth was empathy. Mm. So they're saying like, well, these are the things that you're really good at. Mm. Why don't you just, you Be obviously yoga. enjoy doing that kind of stuff. Why don't you do that? And mm. I was like, oh, great. Yeah, kind of, yeah. I wow. already am. Yeah, why so. don't we have that at school? Like, what, why, yeah. why don't we, instead of going to a fucking careers affair where I just massage somebody because I told them I wanted to be a masseuse, <laughs> it could have been a pervert. It probably was. Uh, but why didn't they get us to do that test? I know. Being like, I know you're 16, you're still in your formative years, but fuck, it could have been nice to have known that I didn't have to massage someone, you know. I, <laughs> yeah. Did that happen? Yeah, I ended up going to a careers fair at Sandown in Isha. I went to that one. Uh, did you go to it? Yeah. It's terrible. I went there knowing that I just, I liked, this is really weird, but I used to like giving massages when I was younger to anyone that would have them. Bizarrely, and here's a secret, I used to massage Ali, which is my best friend, in my bed, <laughs> and my mum would come up whilst we are watching Family Guy, and she'd be like, Oliver, Oliver, what are you doing? I'm like, stay out of my room, I'm massaging Ali. <laughs> He's definitely gay. Um, I, anyway, so... I, I went to this careers fair with that in my mind, but if I had that strength analysis, that would be so helpful. Yeah, it's written. There's loads of different versions of that kind of thing. So I just think, I mean, you don't have to take a test to know the stuff that you enjoy doing. No, yeah, of course. You know, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd say think think of life in that way rather than like, what can I do to improve to do X, Y, and Z? Mm, right, that's really good there's advice. A quote from, uh, that's really good advice. There's a quote from The Power of Now by Equato, and it says, uh, I actually wrote it down, it's actually quite funny, going on to doing nothing. Once you do nothing, that's when it all begins. Wow, I love that. <laughs> that you know what's kind of similar to this nice. as well about being the career thing? It's like that whole story about the guy that's fishing. Have you heard about this? I'm no. going to do this really quickly. There's a man that's fishing, he's in, in Alaska anyway, 
someone, some journalist discovers him and goes, you're amazing, you could be famous, like you're so good at fishing, it's going to be beautiful. And he goes on this whole like life journey from the age of 30 when he was discovered to 65. And he goes like, he's on TV shows, he's on podcasts, he's doing all this stuff, he's going stressed, he's not stressed. He's every, he lives a whole life of this craziness of, of fame. And he gets to 65 years old and he's got all this money and they say, what do you want to do now? You've got all this money. And he says, I want to go fishing, <laughs> which is where I started. And it's a brilliant, what like you were saying, yeah. right? When you do nothing, it's where it starts. Yeah. And it's amazing how we overcomplicate the simplicity mm-hmm. um, of just doing that and, and what you enjoy. I'm going to ask you one of our stock questions before I miss out. Um, no, we're not at that point. Oh, okay, great, fine. But no, I'm going to no, ask no. you anyway, because it's okay. probably quite a yeah, helpful you thing. Can ask to... now. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if you had, um, it's our stock question that we always ask around having a megaphone in a room full of younger people. We normally say men, but I think our following is now 50-50 at least. So if you had you a... You a... always say men, me and <laughs> yeah. always say oh, men. Yeah, I always say There's men. There's just no need to put, drop the men in. I don't know in. why I put men in. I don't know. It's probably, maybe put back to my massaging years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the question is, if you had a room full of 21-year-old people um, and a megaphone, what would you say to those people, knowing that they're about to go into such a crazy part of their life? Oh, wow. Um... By the way, do you give you any examples? We've had eat veg, <laughs> um, just start. Have lots of sex. Well, have lots of sex. No. Yeah, there's been, there's been quite a few. Yeah, that was Who's, Hanley, buy, who's it? buying the next round? Yeah, who's, <laughs> who's buying the next round? Or it could be a long, rambling sentence that takes us on to the end of the podcast. There's no right answer. There's yeah. no wrong answer. I think just like, don't stress. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I'm going to say, okay. Lots of two worded things. I really, one day. I, I think I want... we need to basically sack that question in because we're getting nothing groundbreaking from it. Yeah, but we should, at the end of this, we should have like a list of all the little two worded answers we get. Yeah. Don't stress, eat veg, have sex. So, <laughs> so I feel like that's one of our parting questions. I don't think we're at that no. stage yet. So I, was, I wanted to go back to when you mentioned all of the different yoga disciplines that there are. What do you teach and what made you choose that one? And then what are some. Yes. I, what. Like that's what can be confusing to somebody because mm-hmm. I can look at a timetable and be like, "Well, are they going to be extremely good at yoga? I'm going to mm-hmm. be left behind, or is that good that's for really me, good or etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So, which, what route would you recommend someone getting into yoga? There's two questions here. Which, what do you teach, and then what would you advise uh, newbies to a to novice. start? Okay. Yeah, novice. Cool, great question. I um, so I teach Anusara yoga, and um, the reason I teach it is because it was the style of yoga that made me feel most connected to myself, I guess. Um, Made me feel most relaxed, made me feel most included. Um, I really liked the the biomechanics of how you move your body as well. So it's got like a, I wouldn't say strict, but it's got like these principles that we follow that you're trying to put a pose into someone's body, not somebody into a pose, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like, we're all so different. Mm. This is, this alignment's not going to work for everyone. Mm. So I like that it's very inclusive in that kind of way. Um, And then it, because it comes from this, um, like tantric roots, it's it's a celebration of so many things as yeah. well. I always um, just on this, I always feel you do the opposite. It's really nice because you you accentuate how you want to do opposite stretching. So like, okay, if you're lifting forward your left arm and you're pushing and squeezing towards the wall, you're also kicking out your right leg and doing that. And you also do the this analogy, which made me understand it so much. You said your organs are like a sponge. And you need to wring them out almost by by twisting. I'm sure that's not the word you'd use, but yeah, twisting. twisting. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. Well, yeah. Twisting your your body in a way that your organs are, are almost like wringing out the toxins when they're when they're stretching. I'm just imagining like him clicking so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Mr. Burns. Yeah. Yeah. It's the screams that is most often. <laughs> All the farts. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> wringing him out. But that that analogy is really. I think I don't know if that's unique to your style of yoga. 
but definitely I, I enjoy that analogy of, of ringing oh, out ringing, the yeah, ringing, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, if your, organ, your organs are like big sponges, so when you ring it out, rings out all the crap you don't want. When you turn back around, it's flush full of fresh blood. Wow. But, um, and with yeah. the oxygen you're breathing in at the same yes. time. Amazing. Euphoric, yeah. So, okay, I am a decrepit 25-year-old bloke. Um, I'm actually... 26 but anyway imagine I'm going to my first yoga class which probably was when I was about 25 I'm looking at the timetable I'm seeing weird words that come from Sanskrit and Latin derivations and I don't know what to do <laughs> it's got Hatha on one side I've got fucking flow and restorative which by the way is lovely I think that, that's my favourite class isn't it flow and restorative because yeah. it's the balance of, of, of relaxing and, and moving what do I do? I would always 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 recommend go to a beginner's class um, just because you're moving your body in such weird ways. So you, when you're in a, a flowing class, teachers will just band around terms like, and now do your vinyasa and get mm. into Ardha Mukta Svanasana. Yeah. And you're like, huh? So beginners courses and beginners classes will look at your alignment. They'll look at like, what is a downward facing dog? Where are you supposed to put your hands? Where are you supposed to put yeah, your feet? Where are you supposed? And you can ask questions. Where am I supposed to feel this? Everything will move much slower whilst you get the muscle memory to try and get into each pose. Um, so I'd always recommend beginners classes, but failing that, um, if you're going to like a yoga studio, then all of the reception team uh, should one be really nice, and two know what classes are good for for newbies. Mm. So they might be able to say, well, a hatha class is much slower, or a restorative class would be, you know, slowing down your central nervous system and getting your muscles to relax by being propped up by lots of pillows and things like that. That is um, amazing, by the way. Oh, yeah, feels that great. was my first ever experience of oh, yoga, oh, apart from like, well, no, you basically went downstairs and it was like, you know, the candles were lit, it smelled lovely. Oh. There's about three people in the class. And um, and I saw, I've laid down and the, the lady goes, okay, we're going to be doing three poses today. And I was like, bloody, how am I going to sit in three poses? That's going to be hardcore. And it literally was lying on your back was one of them. That's corpse. And then <laughs> there was uh, one where you sort of put a pillow under your back and then you lay on that. That was what's starfish. That? Yeah, that's just dead starfish. <laughs> then you got toad. Yeah, that's just rolling around. Yeah, I did a similar but, one to that. What's the What's the yoga where? So I went into one, and you literally just lie down, and then a, a lady just speaks for an hour. Yoga and nidra. You, yoga nidra. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, you you you're asleep. Yes. But you're yeah. not. Wow. They, they call it yogic sleep. Yeah. Mate, it was insane. I like. She was like, wake up now. I was like, I feel like I've been awake for an hour, but I haven't. It was that's amazing. Weird, mate. I, I love that. Yeah. Yoga, yoga nidra. Yoga nidra. Yeah. Yogic sleep. When you lie down at the end of a yoga class, yeah. and then that's when you know you've done it. You can mm. just lie. That's there. the most relaxing thing. Monging out. <laughs> she said. But she said yoga nidra was one of the hardest things to teach because she has to talk for an hour non-stop, and so you can't even cough or like or do anything like that. You have to be continuous flow wow. all these students are just like there like this what was the one I mean I had the weirdest experience I've ever had in, in the, well, I think it was either your class or, or uh, Rain I forget her name but she takes this class it's brilliant they do chanting and Sanskrit chanting you, you chant the same can you give an example I don't know if you have any examples uh, Om Namah Shivaya okay how would this sound if I was <laughs> please please do this because it's really weird can we all do it together um, okay let me think of uh uh, do you want to like be yeah, singing yeah. chanting? Yeah, 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 singing chanting. I want all of us to give this a go because, <laughs> and there's a reason why, because I'll tell you what I felt after about five of them. Okay, yeah. do you, so we want one with, that's kind of complicated? Yes, please. Okay, we'll do the Anusara invocation. So I'll sing a line, you sing it back. I'm going to witness. Okay, we'll be a pooch and I'll do this. Or we can just say it. No, 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 we want to sing it, we want to sing it. We want to sing. Yeah, okay, go. Okay, so I'll sing a line, you sing it back. Okay. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave. Om, Om 
Om Namah Shivaya Gurare Satchitananda Motaye Shatanamandam Dotaye Nishprapanshaya Shantaya Mishwajantaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Niralambaya Tejase Wow. <laughs> anyway, so that was very lovely. Whereas we did one and it was going like, over and over again, probably for like 20 minutes. And I, I'm at the point where I'm like, is life life? Am I alive? <laughs> Am I this world? Is this? Because I have this really weird dream where I'm stuck on the motorway and that is it. I die because I just die, right? So I drive on the motorway for like 20 years. And I had this thought when I was going, over and over again, like, this is it. I'm dead. That's it now. I'm actually, I'm stuck in this room now, just in this pose. But no, thank Forever. you. That was, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. But you should give the chance to go because it is, it is nice. madly, um, yeah, connected. Is that connected to like eccentric, was it dance? Eccentric dance? Oh. Um, um, what do you call that? Contemporary dance. The, no, ecstatic. the ec- ecstatic dance. Ecstatic dance. That's what Aubrey Marcus does. You really? Know you've been yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Aubrey Marcus. That's what he does, yeah. Do you do so. that? It, it's, I mean, it's, it's a different, it's, mm. a, it's just a different way of meditating. So like meditation in the simplest form is just bringing your mind into the present moment. And so if you're moving in a yoga class, you've got to focus, where's my feet? Where are my hands? How's my breath? You're in ecstatic dance class. You're just moving, moving aren't you? Yeah. And you're just being in that moment. When you're chanting, you're like, well, first of all, what are the words I'm saying? How am I saying it? Once it starts to roll off the tongue, it's just, you just get into that place of just, it's repetitive and your yeah. mind, but your mind stays focused in in the present moment. What did you describe meditation as just then? So in its, like in the simplest form, just being present. Present presence. Like you can do it in any form, right? Yeah. We go on to that. People think that's meditation. Walking yeah. the dog. Sitting down. Yeah, yeah. walking the that's dog. That's your meditation. Yeah. You said, yeah. Yours is walking the dog. Yeah. Some you people, can... it's like folding clothes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So we had this yeah. on the other day where someone was like, I just like washing the dishes. And we were like, no, sorry, you can't be enjoying it that much to be in the flow of washing the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I, I can imagine that. It's any monotonous task, isn't it? It's going back to being in the flow and focusing on one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Mm. Okay, so I'm, I mean, from my perspective, I've, I've learned a uh, lot. Yeah, I, we, do, we should do our question time. Yeah, we've got quite a few questions sent in, but there was a from couple. our listeners. Thanks, you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thank well. you, by the way, guys, for sending in. We're um, going to do this messages. new thing now every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You said that and we missed it out for two weeks. Yeah, but we will try and get back on it now. But, <laughs> We're back uh, on. There's so many, yeah, again, following from what I said earlier, there's so many different yoga options to take uh, I just want to know what are some bad recommendations that people in the yoga field Uh-oh. recommend Katie's got to be quite careful here because she has a lot of friends uh, yeah I mean uh, are there any that you, that you would okay so I would say I would say that there is a style of yoga for everyone um, if you don't like one style it could be because you don't like the style or because you don't like the teacher go try something else because there's going to be something for everyone um, if you're new I would say don't go to the really fast-paced classes because you're likely going to injure yourself. Go to something slower that you can practice the moves and then go to faster classes. Um, but faster classes are more popular because you get this huge endorphin release and Amazing. Yeah. it's what's scheduled uh, more. Yeah, Just on that, well, I think that's the, the, the in life how we live is we want that instant gratification. Yeah, don't we? So, so it's like, that's why you would go, fuck it, I'm going to go to a hard yoga and then it's going to yeah, help I want to do the away. handstands. But it makes yeah. sense yeah. to like Start build up to it over a yeah. year doing slow. But no one does, yeah. no one wants to do that, doesn't they? No. No. I, no way prefer, I personally way prefer that because I know that I could probably 
but I don't know, pops something. No, you don't because <laughs> if you don't do it, because we go to the gym and we do balance stuff and you hate it, you want to see instant bicep. No, yeah, that, that's different. That's a step. <laughs> yoga, but yoga's a spiritual thing. Being in the gym is not. <laughs> I've um, I've got a very good question from uh, a friend of mine called Nikki, Nikki Blatt. Um, she's in Singapore. She's actually a yogi. Oh, cool. So she teaches yoga and she does Anaswara. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So um, her question is, it's a two-part question. What do the five yamas mean to you and do you live by them? Yeah, I mean, like, the five yamas, I'd say, so they're like the yamas and the niyamas are ethical codes. Um, codes. Yoga code. It's yeah. kind of like the, <laughs> the do's and don'ts of the yoga world. But it's just um, living your life to the, the most nourishing way that you can. It's, it's things like not stealing yeah. um, and things like self-cleansing, clean, cleanliness and things like that. So I'd say... Yeah. 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 And then she links that then. So you do you take what you learn on the mat, off the mat? Wow. Yeah, I think so. It's taken quite a long time. Yeah. I think it's, for a lot of people, it's asana first. Like asana is the postures. And for me, I, I was the same. It was like all, a, all about the physical practice and how it made me feel. I, I felt stronger. I felt more confident. And then you learn more about the philosophy. Um, it's the, the asanas are often this kind of like routine and then you start learning more and there's so much to learn wow. that you you start to kind of like undig it all and go, oh my God, this is amazing. This is fascinating. And it has, it will always kind of affect your life, I think. Well, so for me, once, it has So once anyway. you've learned, <clears throat> excuse me, once you learn the, the postures and they become more of a habitual exercise, you can then think. Yeah, it's when it's, when oh. the, when the postures become more like a, like I say, like a meditation, you can yeah. take that time to just be still and be with yourself and get your mind clear. Nice. Then it ripples out into your everyday life. And things like those ethical codes, yeah. being kind to one another. Yeah, and, of course. Yeah. You know, Brilliant. Yeah. Any more questions for these Yeah. Um, is it important to take lessons to start? Obviously, you might come from a biased position in some respect, but is it possible for somebody to start at home and do yoga at home? Just because I think there can be a lot of barriers to entry of yoga, Mm. such as intimidating classes mm -hmm. it's actually it can be quite expensive i'm not saying that it's not worth the money but and also for some people if they're going to allocate that time they might want to do a workout instead yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's loads of youtube channels i've i did yeah, a, are any of them i did a guy called with a yoga it's called yoga with tim he's mm. got a youtube channel he's amazing is he yeah so me i've done it every morning with yoga with tim you should try it it's but i want to i'm asking so from you as the yoga teacher are there any because <laughs> he's not an expert in yoga yourself <laughs> are there any um, tools and resources that you yeah there's to... some really really good ones I know that yoga with Adrian is really popular I personally haven't done it but I've, I know that loads of my friends have and they say she's amazing and there's there are online platforms so there's um, a UK based one called Movement for Modern Life and they've got loads of UK based teachers um, that teach 20-minute sequences, 10-minute sequences, hour sequences, and they're all great teachers from across the whole of the UK. There's American platforms as well. It is, it's a nice route in. Mm. The one thing with doing it at home is um, you can pick up bad habits just because it's nice having a teacher to look at your alignment and go, oh, you need to bring your hands a bit further forward. So you need mm. to be able to, you know, uh, imagine you're hugging something between your thighs to activate these muscles. You can only get that from an outside eye. But if if you've got no option, then of course, yeah, there's mm. stuff you can do at home, um, for sure. Cool. Nice. As a as a student, how would I look to go and, and find the best yoga teacher with the most qualified hours? Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Yeah, but there's like, so many. Because it's not really on show how many hours you've done, is it? Not really. I mean, like, you'll see loads of teachers will 
say like I'm an advanced yoga teacher because they've done those 500 hours but it might be the case that they've done a 200 hour training gone straight into a 500 hour so they've only been teaching a year Ah, whereas someone with 500 hours might have been teaching for 10 years so it's kind of word of mouth and and as I say it's such a personal thing you might find someone who has been teaching for 20 years has studied extensively but you might think that teacher's a bit of a dick so you don't want to go to their class mm, yeah. <laughs> no, you no, know you know it's it's a real personal thing so mm. you just it's a lot of trial and error basically yeah, yeah. this is just a random question that's just come in whilst i've sat here. I, with technology so like voice you know rise of alexa and things like that and then also vr or anything like that have you seen any new technologies in yoga that we can come to expect in the future that might make that experience like More if you immersive. if you could be at home but That'd still be of a teacher. Have you been introduced oh, yeah. to anything Oh, yeah. No, actually, like there is, I, there's a, uh, an online um, content company called Yogaya. I've done, <laughs> I've done one thing for them, and I, I'm so bad at it. I was mm. like, I can't do this again, I'm afraid, guys. <laughs> you, you can tune in, and um, so you have a yoga teacher who's on camera, and it's live. And so you can tune in and then the teacher can see you <laughs> on this little screen oh as well. God. So I might be like, Ian, you need to bring your hand towards the left. But Ollie, you've been to my class and you know, I've struggled with like, this. do this to your left and this to your right. And yeah, yeah. looking at yourself on the camera and then seeing all these people mm-hmm. and then people are writing in. And I'm quite dyslexic. So I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is so overwhelming. Yeah. So it's, some teachers really nail it and, and they do a great job. Mm-hmm. I did not, but um, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so but yeah, yeah. There's, so there is, there's, that has started to kind of... Interesting. Um, nice. You got Peloton for oh. cycling. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's yeah, that's really that's so really dangerous. There's a like, spinning thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sick. Love that. Well, you just go on a bike and then someone you watch someone. Yeah, they're like, okay, guys, pump it. I don't know if they can see you, but it's because like, I mean, you don't really need to see. I mean, it's it's like I think don't they see your heart rate and yeah, things yeah, yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. So, so they can be lacking. like pedal faster. And there's leaderboards and it's all like really competitive, oh. which I had this morning actually. I was yeah. slacking massively my speed. I think I'm. Yeah, I don't have any other. I've got another question from another friend of mine. She actually owns her own fashion brand in Singapore. Um, but she's very, very spiritual and in touch with her. So all her designs that she does um, links back to Dharma, Durga, all these stories. Very and she's cool. a really, really cool brand. And like what was her brand? Um, so her question is, it's quite a good question actually. Um, how do you have a night of amazing sex but also feel rested in the morning so it doesn't detract from energy needed for work day? There was me thinking that was a fashion-related <laughs> question. No, it's a bad time. She, oh. she's quite, so obviously she, she's it. linking Don't that worry. to like energy and like okay. you know, yoga. Like, would you suggest? Um, I honestly mm. <laughs> have no idea. You're exhausted <laughs> the next day. Yeah. <laughs> you take the day off work. Maybe just yeah. embrace the the exhaustedness. <laughs> Maybe just like, well, I'm, I'm good because I've had great great pleasure. It's a great. Uh, I feel bad for Lisa because we can't answer it. Maybe she can DM you. You can maybe take her through some experiences. Yeah, maybe. Get around yeah. that. No, I, actually, I got a last one. Last okay. Because I want to. I'm quite interested about this question. I get it from Tim Ferriss's podcast. What purchase of a hundred pound or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months? Oh, you um, can't bring in Lululemon at this point. It's <laughs> no, a time no. to plug a, a plug <laughs> a product or something. Um, actually, do you know what? Um, I bought a huge set of essential oils. I'm trying to go. Um, more natural with like my skincare and my hair care and my home products. So I bought this huge thing of essential oils and then some Castile soap and different oils and things. I'm making all of my 
own stuff at home. Mm. Yeah. Well, nice. What are they for? <laughs> she loves this. Oregano. What are they for though? Just for your skin. <laughs> so, so different, essential, different <laughs> essential oils have different properties. Okay. So, um, Can you tell uh, us the properties of oregano oil, please? It's really good for your throat, isn't right. it? Right. Well, it's everything. Yeah, he, it's it's like if you're like getting seaweed. a cold. He comes in smelling like kelp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got one from Neil's yard on today. Have you? Pet essential oil. Organic defense. Lovely. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, really nice. <laughs> okay, right. right. So a, a box of essential oils. Brilliant. Yeah. So, for, so <laughs> you can have more oils. of a yoga teacher. Yeah, yeah, that is brilliant. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's good. It was one small rung above yoga. So mat. where can uh, people find more about how to jump in one of your classes or is there anything that you want to plug at the end um so i have a website that i periodically update (laughs) and it's just my name so it's katie bateman yoga k-a-t-y bateman like batman with an e yoga (laughs) (laughs) and then all of my social media is exactly the same as well yeah well katie from our listeners and us as the dog days thank you so much this has been brilliant um yeah as as i said follow katie on all of her instagram things and social media and this has been wonderful amazing thank you very much um (laughs) Thanks for listening guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week.